This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. League of Wonder, a Glisten Plus production. Episode 6, The Wonder Society. I never wanted to touch down again. Flying was freedom. It was joy. The only reason to leave the sky would be to sleep. I was so tired. The clouds might look as soft as pillows, but when I tried laying my head on one, I found that they actually didn't feel like anything at all. Lulu, who was soaring by my side, pointed a paw at a large rectangular building with a glass dome rising from the roof. That's where we're heading, or rather, that's right above where we're heading. Lulu began her descent to the cobblestone street. I followed. Once my paws touched down on the moist ground, I noticed that the small flecks of winged pollen clinging to my fur took to the air without me. They flapped away into the dark night, soaring in unison to a bright star in the sky. Despite the importance of the adventure that lay ahead, I was disappointed that my flight had come to an end. I would have loved to continue zipping through the treetops or fly over a rainbow. Perhaps I would get the chance one day. This is the famous Reform Club, where the smartest minds of England, and the whole world for that matter, gather to discuss and debate science, history, and literature. Sherlock is a member along with Phileas Fogg, Henry Jekyll, Rudolf Rassendahl, and countless others. I looked at the gray brick building before us. It actually seemed rather unimpressive. And as for that list of names Lulu had rattled off, until today, I had never heard of even one other than Sherlock. We need to go around here. Lulu hurried along the sidewalk to a narrow set of stairs that would be barely noticeable to anyone taller than a small child. Follow me. At the bottom of the stairs, we found a bright blue wooden door without a knob or sign, just a thin covered slit from which to peer out. Behind here is the Wonder Society. Hundreds of the smartest and most adventurous animals in Europe spend their evenings here. Or so I've been told. I put my head near the door to listen. Are you sure? I don't hear anything in there. Uh, Which is exactly the point. Secret clubs should never be loud. Lulu stepped up and used her paw to knock on the door. The metal plate covering the slit slid open. After a moment, a pair of eyes appeared behind it. I couldn't tell what kind of animal was peering through the slit, except that it was furry. What do you want? We want to speak with a member of the Wonder Society. And why would they want to speak with you? Lulu nudged me forward and lifted my head with her nose so the doorman could see the golden tube hanging from my collar. The golden tube I had been given by the gales and held the magical power to find the silver slippers. The pair of eyes squinted through the slit. I see. But you're a tad underdressed, don't you think? The blue door swung open to reveal a badger in a double-breasted tailcoat and shiny black shoes. He bent down at my side, his stiff whiskers brushing against my neck. 
he fingered the compass which had once sat in the Egyptian temple. I do imagine a good many members would be very keen to examine this curiosity. Hmm. But I know who should take a gander first. Come right this way, little dog. The badger opened the door for me. I took a few steps forward, crossing the threshold of the door. Lulu marched in behind me. <clears throat> Where do you think you're going? Inside, with you and Kip. This is a club for gentlemen, not for ladies such as yourself. Poppycock, I'm coming in. It's the rule. The badger tried to close the door, but Lulu pushed her shoulder up against it, preventing it from shutting. She definitely did not like the badger's response. Explain. Why no ladies? The badger struggled for an answer. It was as if he had never been asked this simple question before. Then the badger shrugged. It's the way it's always been. Well, the world is changing, and you don't want to be left behind. Now, let me in. I can't. I have two bones bigger than you. The badger was at a loss for words, and maybe a little scared of Lulu as well. After a moment of hesitation, the badger sighed and opened the door wide for her. That wasn't so hard. Now was it? Lulu and I followed him down a long flight of stairs and through a narrow marble hallway. Oil paintings of former Wonder Society presidents hung on the walls. Portraits of owls in wizard robes and mice wearing suits of armor were mounted above plaques, indicating their years of service. The last one on the wall was a picture of a dodo bird with a cane. Eventually, we came to another door, which the badger opened with a flourish. My jaw dropped with wonder at what I saw. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We were standing at the entrance to an enormous three-story parlor with hundreds of well-dressed creatures chatting among the dozen fireplaces, chairs carved from tree stumps and framed maps of the world. Spiral staircases wound their way to balcony tables where animals sat reading books and sipping tea. A model of the solar system hung from the ceiling. Brass gears and an orchestra of springs spun each planet in elliptical orbits around the glowing gas lamp sun. This way. The badger led us inside, past a long oak table at which a pack of rats wearing white lab coats and spectacles took turns peering through a microscope. Look through the lens. I've never seen anything like it before. A brand new microorganism. That's the tip of your tail, you fool. Right. I knew that. I continued on, following behind the badger and Lulu. Animals would glance up as they passed, staring at us rather oddly. I didn't understand why. 
I imagine that strangers would often visit the Wonder Society to share stories of their grand adventures in the Arctic tundra or the unmapped lands of Africa. What was so strange about us? I nudged the badger. Why is everyone looking at us? As I'll mention, you're a bit underdressed. I looked around and suddenly felt very self-conscious. Lulu and I were the only two animals in the entire room that had no clothes on. Well, this is awkward. No one is putting me in a petticoat. My fur is warm enough. We passed a pigeon with one wing and a sling, sitting across from an albatross dining on a buffet of crackers and cheese. The albatross let out a chortle and grinned a cocky smile. You want to race around the globe, pigeon? Even with two wings and a week's head start, you'd be lucky to see my tail feathers. I'll take that wager. Then perhaps a little music to celebrate our bet. The albatross reached his long wing over to the nearby piano. He flipped a switch on the bottom of the instrument, and it began to play on its own. The badger led Lulu and I to a round table covered in felt, where a rabbit, a toad, and a mole were in the middle of a game of cards. Piles of wooden coins rested before each, and a large pile of them was stacked in the middle. The badger called over to the rabbit, who had his feet up on the edge of the table. Hey, Wit, you said you wanted first dibs on the interesting guests. These two have something pretty curious. Shush, badger, I've got a good hand here. Don't break my concentration. I looked up at the cards that the white rabbit was holding in his hands. Two of clubs, a four of spades, an eight of clubs, a jack of diamonds, and the queen of hearts. I didn't know what game they were playing, but I was quite sure that the rabbit actually had a terrible hand of cards. The white rabbit pushed all of his chips into the center of the table. I'm going all in. The toad shook his head and threw his cards down onto the table. Well, that's too rich for my cold blood. A wise play, Mr. Toad. Wit gave a wink and a shake of his long ear. Mr. Toad pressed one of his webbed fingers on his cufflink. From his sleeve, a robotic arm popped out with a handkerchief at the end. He wiped his brow with it and slouched down in his seat. The mole in the corner shifted his cards around nervously. He squinted at them closer, as if he was barely able to see them at all. Oh, I don't know. This is a very hard decision. It was then that I noticed a fourth animal at the table. A sharply dressed cricket with a toothpick-sized sword strapped to his waist scurried up the mole's sleeve and stood on his shoulder. The cricket chirped in his ear. Let me help make this decision for you. I've already seen many of the best cards flipped during the last three rounds. If my calculations are correct, Wit over there has a hodgepodge of nothing. He's bluffing. Telling a bold-faced lie. I'd go all in, my furry friend. The white rabbit stared angrily across the table. Um, okay. If you're sure. I only give the best advice. The cricket urged the mole with a wave of three of his hands. The mole slid his chips across the table. Then he showed his cards. He had three nines, a four, and a king. He's got three of a kind! All eyes turned to Wit, who sat there stone-faced. Well played. Then a big smile spread across his face. But not good enough. (laughs) The white rabbit slapped down his cards. He showed four aces and the queen of hearts. 
Mr. Toad's mouth opened wide in surprise. Four of a kind? And with the Queen of Hearts. My lucky card. Wit wrapped his arms around the big pile of chips in the center of the table and pulled them close. That's impossible! He's a cheat! The mole grabbed the cricket off his shoulder and threw him onto the pile of cards. Who? From now on, give your advice to someone else. The mole stood up from the table and walked blindly into a nearby couch before stumbling off toward the exit. Much too bright in here to see anything. Mr. Mole, that little wooden boy listened to me and remember what happened to him. He got turned into a donkey. He was nearly carved up into firewood. He was swallowed up by an enormous fish. From the sour expression on the cricket's face, it was clear he had been looking for a different answer. All true. There were some bumps in the road, but in the end... Mr. Toad and Wit had stopped listening to Cricket and turned their attention back to Badger, Lulu, and I. Cricket crossed his two sets of arms in a huff. Wit made stacks with his wooden coins as he addressed Badger. What were you saying before, B? I got something here that looks awfully interesting. Badger pointed to the tube dangling from my neck. Wit raised his eyes away from his pile of wooden coins and looked at the tube. A big grin appeared on his face as soon as he saw it. Well done, Badger. The white rabbit grabbed a big stack of wooden coins and shoved them into Badger's furry hand. Then he hopped off his chair and bounced over for a more careful examination. I was very unsure about this bunny. He was a liar and a cheat. Certainly not somebody worth trusting. Wit leaned over and rubbed his paw along the tube's smooth surface. Mr. Toad, bring that cane of yours over here. I pulled the tube back out of the rabbit's paws. I bared my teeth. Don't you dare smash this! Keep that cane away from me! Hold on to your biscuits, puppy. Nobody's breaking anything. Wit lifted both his hands up as Mr. Toad waddled up, holding his brass walking stick. I noticed that its top was molded into a webbed foot, and that a series of switches and buttons were running down its side. Oh, there are some markings on the tube. I just want to get a closer look. I know just the thing. With a wild look in his eye, Mr. Toad pressed two of the cane's triangular buttons and flipped a switch. I could hear the brass stick hum and whirl. The webbed foot at the top slid aside and a thin, extendable rod shot out. A golden disc expanded rapidly at the top of the rod and became a butterfly net. Whoopsie daisy, that should have worked! Mr. Toad pressed another combination of buttons and switches. The butterfly net folded back up and slipped inside the cane. The sound of whizzing inside the device slowed. Nothing came out. I just spruced it up with some new gadgets. I must suggest you, you know, uh, loosen one of the gears. Suddenly a new rod shot out from the top, hitting Mr. Toad in the nose. Ouch! He winced in pain. Now mad, Mr. Toad shoved the rod back inside with all his strength. The force popped open a secret compartment which sprayed oil all over his white shirt. Mr. Toad wrestled with the cane. I've got this! Every time he put away one gadget, a new one sprung out and knocked him in the belly or poked him in the eye. Mr. Toad was frantically pressing buttons while trying to keep a smile on his face. 
Suddenly, to Mr. Toad's surprise, the cane stopped fighting back. A metal rod shot out from the top, and a magnifying glass appeared at the end. The white rabbit grabbed the lens and brought it close to the tube around my neck. It's a magnetic compass. I've never seen one up close before. I wonder what it's set to find. A pair of magical silver slippers. The white rabbit's eyes went wide. Then he slapped a paw over my mouth before I could say more. There's a very big price for whoever can find those shoes. And not everyone in here is as nice and honest as me. What's all this fuss about these slippers? The cricket hopped up onto Mr. Toad's shoulder to interject. Legend says they once belonged to a witch from the land of Oz. They change color with whoever wears them. Sometimes they're silver, sometimes they're sapphire blue, sometimes ruby red. Makes them hard to find. There's a character who goes by the name of the king who wants them. A real secretive fellow, but one thing is certain. He's dangerous. The weasels mention the king. I think he may be the person who stole the other slipper from the Tower of London. We should depart quietly. We'll try to operate the compass when we're someplace private. The white rabbit quickly collected his belongings and motioned to us to follow him. Lulu was not eager to let this stranger take the lead. And why should we trust you? I'm going to help you, my pretty. And your little dog, too. Lulu didn't look convinced. Have you ever met a nasty bunny? I'm a good guy. That's what the bad guys say, too. Mr. Toad jumped in between the two. He turned to Lulu. Wait's a bit of a pest. Totally irresponsible. Never gets anywhere on time. Well, who likes to be bound by a schedule? But I trust him with me life. I could tell that Mr. Toad was being completely sincere. Lulu looked like she did as well. Cricket piped in again. And I'll come along to ensure everyone makes good choices and listens to their heart. Lulu looked at me, as if this ultimately was my decision to make. And it was an important one. Finding the slippers was perhaps my only chance at being reunited with Dorothy. I looked at Wit. He reminded me of many of the men the Duke would play dice with. All those men either ended up in jail or running for political office. They were not the kind of folk I would trust with my life. I then turned to Mr. Toad. He was slamming his webbed fist against his cane, trying to get it to return to its closed position. When he realized I was watching him, he gave a grin that seemed more crazy than comforting. Finally, I eyed Cricket. He truly seemed like an upstanding fellow. Of course, standing up, he was only as big as a thimble. My mind raced. The compass belonged in the hands of someone like Sherlock Holmes. These three, or rather four, including Lulu, were the furthest things from a brilliant detective. Yet for some strange reason, I liked them. Okay, let's go. League of Wonder, starring Donovan Patton as Kip, Makgozo M as Lulu, Eric Peterson as Mr. Toad, Brian Stepanek as the Talking Cricket, Robbie Jarvis as Wit, Olive Epstein as Dorothy Gale, Santa Moses as Evelyn Gale, and Matthew McRae as Archie Gale. Written and directed by Adam J. Epstein, 
Executive produced by Sheila Stepanek and Adam J. Epstein. Edited and mixed by Christopher Sousa. Cover art by Alexander Garcia. Additional voices by Scott Pete, Daphne Bloomer, Michael Nering, Adam Epstein, and Suzanne Hesseloff. League of Wonder is a Glisten Plus production.